Hi. Excuse me. Hey. <coughs> it's me. Hey, Wiz. I got a cold, though. I don't really feel very well. Having a cold, though, makes hallucinating a lot easier to get the fever going. So I've been uh, spending a lot of time in different dimensions this week. Uh, you know, just enjoying this cold. <coughs> but I came back just long enough to put this podcast together for you, so we hope you appreciate it. Um, there's not much going on this episode, aside from being sick. Uh, B.F. Smith's not here. He um, he disappeared at the Saturday Evening Ghost Thanksgiving party. Uh, nobody really saw what was happening. Um, the eggnog vanished, and a, just a wormhole opened up. He just kind of jumped through and said he'd see us later. Uh, I hope he's time traveling and making more music, because I kind of like him. I hope you guys do too. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe he already came back. Uh, who knows? Speaking of time travel, though, daylight saving time just kind of happened, and um, we have our special guest today is the Reverend Casey Yeager. She's from the online institute of ethnobotany.com, and for some reason wrote a book about daylight savings time and how you can take advantage of the symbolism inherent in it to improve your life and become more prosperous, I'm assuming. The book's called, um, you know what, I don't have my notes because I'm sick, I forget what the book's called, but she'll tell you in the interview coming up, that's, uh, man, alright, aside from being sick, and losing B.F. Smith to a wormhole. Um, I'm also pretty unprepared for this episode. I, I wasn't sick the whole month. I had a whole month to do it. And I wait to the last day. Because that's how you do podcasting, I think. Okay, so now we're going to do the interview. Um, today we have the Reverend Casey Egger. She's a professor of ethnobotany at the online university of ethnobotany.com. And she's also the author of a brand new book that's taking academia by storm, from what I hear. is called Exploiting the Symbolic Potential of Daylight Savings Time for Personal Gain and Self-Satisfaction by the Reverend Casey Egger. Hi. Well, hello there. Thanks for being here. It's my pleasure, really. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you do at the online university of ethnobotany.com? Well, you know, we have a lot of students, so it's a very busy place, really buzzing with life. Like and a beehive? Very much like a beehive, yes. Yes. Bees are our mascot at the online university of ethnobotany.com. 
That's weird, because don't you study plants? Yes. Yes, we do. But plants are boring mascots. That's true. <laughs> what are they going to do? Shake leaves on you or something? At best. <laughs> There's not really much you can ask for. Yeah. Well, you know, we love leaves at the online university of ethnobotany.com. Uh, they're one of our favorite parts. Um, but, you know, of course, as an ethnobotanist, you have to learn how to use all the parts of your delectable or poisonous plants. So poisonous plants. Delectable is what, like delicious plants? Yeah, well, exactly. You know, the ones that you consume or the ones that consume you. So the two main types of plants are delicious and poisonous? Delicious and deadly, yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a big Serious part of stuff. ethnobotany. You know, cooking is a big part of ethnobotany. Uh-huh. But there's so there's a lot of other uses of, of plant materials. Aside and, from eating them or poisoning people? <laughs> and decorative purposes? Well, yeah, you can, you know, you can beat them into uh, fibrous uh, masses and then braid them into your, um, your pants or roofs or whatever you need. This sounds like alchemy. Indeed. Turn straw into gold. But I bet if you call it the online University of Ethno Alchemical Botany, no one would ever enroll. Mm, alchemical Botany. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we fold the alchemy in with the sort of more, I don't know. Legitimate studies? More ethnographic, <laughs> legitimate, academic. You know, it's important to be uh, published. And, 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 you know, I'd love to talk about my new book. I was just going to say, yeah. speaking of being published, didn't you just write a new book? Yes, it's really, uh, it's really taking off. I've, I've had to uh, hire uh, security guards. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah, so you must have sold like more than 12 copies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the trolls are really vicious these days. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Do you, um, is it, is it just on Kindle's? Um, well, yes, the Kindle Fire is the best way to to get that book, yeah. That's that's how you wrote it? Yeah. I think there's like a pirated copy, but it's only in Russian. Most pirated copies end up in Russian. Yeah. Hugo's having a big problem. Mm. His books. Really? All kinds of pirated in Russia. You know, people aren't sympathetic enough to Reverend Dr. Hugo Holmes now. He just, he's, have you ever met him? I can introduce you when you're done. I think you'll change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't deserve any sympathy, yeah? No, none. <laughs> but so your book deals with um, exploitation and symbolism and uh, personal gain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I know you know, you, you have to be grounded in your own desires in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, all that sort of... Um, not attachment stuff that the Buddhists practice. I mean, yeah, that's kind of bullshit between you and me. Isn't yeah, it? I, mean, I, I tried it for a while. It made me totally insane. Yeah, I like being attached <laughs> to certain things. Yeah, like three meals a day. I like that's a good thing to be attached to. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, so it, it, this is this is a book about exploiting the potential right. of the sim the symbolic meaning of daylight savings time. Now, what is the symbolic meaning? daylight savings time because you're saving daylight for later you know it's funny how that works uh you know i think the best way to save daylight is to can vegetables Mm -hmm. 
But um, that's a very abstract way to do it. But well, it's, I suppose legitimate. Canning vegetables is the absolute best way to save daylight. But see, the thing that daylight savings time is—it's an odd name. Uh, Benjamin Franklin was crazy when he thought of that name. This is his fault. Yeah. He, he thought of the whole thing, actually. I didn't know that. I used to like him until I heard that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> You're not into daylight savings time. No, I don't think we should touch the clocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like obviously. Not even when the batteries have run down. Well, that's different. Yeah, you got to make them, just leave them alone. Just let them do their jobs. Like, why? Mm-hmm. What? I don't understand why we have to, I mean, does it? Is it time travel? Because I'm always like a little sick for that like minute. When it happens, I'm like... Ugh. Like your stomach isn't quite along yeah, for the ride I yet. Don't, and I kind of feel like a... Do you ever do a whip it by mistake? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not on purpose because... No, know, But sometimes never. like you just fall on one. <laughs> And you get that wooby 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 That's exactly what, yeah. Yeah, I feel that way every, I call it the whippet days. The um, whippet, so the whole day is like that? No, I just know it's going to happen. Mm. And I dread it. Well, so, you know, the, the, the whole reason that I got interested in uh, exploiting the symbology of daylight savings time mm-hmm. is that you're basically repeating an hour and then later uh, yielding it back. Mm-hmm. To the to the universe. So, you're claiming that this has. You're you're basically you're you're jumping into a, a tangent of the of the space time continuum. I see. A, a tangent in which you don't change the clocks at all. And so, so the there's a there space... are two there are two parallel lives that you end up living during daylight savings time. So so all spring and summer and into the fall, and then only in the winter are you really just on one space-time continuum and then again you split so you never really know what is me doing what am i doing on the other side of daylight savings time i find myself a little frightened now (laughs) is that normal when people are exposed to your radical new theory i yeah i i i have to um bring um special equipment to my to my lectures yeah like um i'm thinking of something like you know that vest you put on dogs during thunderstorms something like that would help because now wait i'm in like six time streams and they only converge twice a year for a minute well i think that they converge always at the end of daylight savings time that's even worse but perhaps, actually, all the events that happen when daylight savings time begins lead to another separate parallel time grid. Is there a, a governing body in charge of this? Of daylight savings time? Of, well, the all these, um, these things that happen because of it. Does someone look out for all of these? <laughs> it's basically the largest unplanned space-time continuum experiment uh, anywhere in the galaxy. I had no idea. I thought we were just messing with clocks. Yeah, it you know it goes I, deeper than that. I I have to say that I suspect what we're doing really is living on a humongous computer. 
Mm-hmm. He's not really a planet. But this, wait, do you mean like like simulation theory or that the Earth is built like on top of a giant computer? I think that the the gigantic space-time experiment that we are doing by, by uh, implementing daylight savings time on a global scale. Okay. The population of the Earth multiplies in potential lifetimes mm-hmm. twice a year. And it's on an exponential curve. But it is a curve? Wouldn't it be an exponential curve? At this point, I mean, I don't know. I feel totally underqualified to answer that question. I, I'm fairly certain of it. It yeah. was in my book. It was in your book, well, then. Yes. Okay, if it's in your book, then. <laughs> and then, so what can a person do? So is this just a book about how you personally exploited this no, I, I offer. I can also. Uh, yes, exactly. I I offer advice about uh, activities that are symbolically aligned with the daylight savings time changeover. Okay. And in. So, what would some of those activities be? Well, for instance, you should definitely flip your mattresses on the day that we change to um, winter back from daylight savings time back to uh, standard. How many times? Just uh, over to the other side. Oh, okay. Yeah. So just turn it over. Yeah, turn it over to the other side. That's not too hard. No. And then that's symbolic of the turning of the time dimension? Or is it just... Well, see, you're you're reverting to the... the, uh, But it's symbolic, though. Yeah, it's definitely symbolic. Like, heavily symbolic? Well, I'm trying to be esoteric, so I really can't explain right. it It's hard to much. be esoteric with words, because <laughs> you're trying to talk about experiences that words don't Indeed. work with. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so if someone were to, like, flip their mattress, they would understand? In the process of, of turning the mattress, it's really, it's really in the doing of it that you understand the true meaning. That's fair. Yeah. So yeah. what other things, like, um, I'm just guessing, would would this be a good day to change the batteries in your smoke detector? No, not especially. No? Not especially. But it's a good day for... So, so the thing is, you know, daylight savings time, it, now it, it ends in Scorpio. The astrological sign? Yes. Okay. Yes, it happens in Scorpio. And it begins again in Pisces. Uh huh. Now, if you go back decades, we used to do daylight savings time in a different time of the year. I mean, similar but different time of the year. And so it's changed the symbology of daylight savings time significantly. So, you know, the old traditions, the old daylight savings time traditions, like changing your smoke alarm batteries, uh-huh. is no longer, <laughs> That's what I remember most no longer appropriate. <clears throat> For the for the change in the astro astrological condition at that time. Hmm. The other thing is now you have to watch out for meteor showers. They affect time. Yeah. Well, they 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 add um, extra streams eddies of uh, of possibilities. Whew. Yeah, which hmm. then sort of flood all the grids of of. Uh, Various parallel lives that are happening all at the same time. I, I hate when that happens to me. Yeah, yeah. 
It's like it takes it takes weeks to figure it all out. Well, and the other thing is that sometimes, you know, if there's a really heavy meteor shower or, you know, solar flares, they can actually knock you from one of your parallel lives into the other one for a while. Just for a while? Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose it could be permanent. Huh. I've never heard of such a case. Right, but it's... But it's possible. I mean, have you ever had those feelings like, you know, as if you're Rip Van Winkle waking up, you know, from a 20-year sleep with a beard down to your shins? Twice since you've gotten here. Yeah. Yeah. See? Uh I think, you know, there must be... I I mean, I've heard people are seeing shooting stars, so I wouldn't be surprised if you're wavering a little bit. Rub rub your eyes. I'm convinced that there's a lot going on with Daily Saving Signs that I know about. Um, So I can... I can download your book on Amazon? Yes, uh, yes. You okay. can. Well, no, you can't. Oh. Actually. Um, you can um, You can mail away for it. Um, and I have a, a Daisy Wheel printer. Ooh. I have a Daisy Wheel printer that it just reads the code off the internet and then just types a whole copy. It's very loud. And then... Um, so each book is performed? Each book is performed. And mailed? Yes. Wow. Yes. I'm definitely going to get one. I'll put the information on how other people can get one in the show notes, too. All right. Wonderful. And, uh, you know, we still need to uh, come up with the um, the ad spot we're going to do for the online university of ethnobotany.com. Well, I gave all the brochures to um, Charles, our intern. Mm-hmm. And he's going to... Um, He's going to talk to Chuck in graphic design. Yeah. And uh, in the Sally in audio production. And then. Uh, Can Sally do like extra Foley? Uh, she already promised quadruple Foley, minimum. <sighs> okay. Just tell her that I especially like crackling sounds. I th- uh, I'll let her know. I'll okay. Make a note. Okay. So. That was a pretty fun time talking to you about your new book, Exploiting Symbolic Potential of Daylight Savings Time for Personal Gain and Self-Satisfaction by Reverend Casey Edgar. Anyway, so before we go, is there anything else you want to plug or say to everyone? Uh, no. Wow. I forgot how much fun it was to talk to the Reverend Casey Edgar. I sure hope she writes another book and comes back soon. Um, Like we said in the interview, just um, check the show notes and we'll figure out how you can get one of those books printed out by the the crazy um, wagon wheel printer. So I hate to have to do this to you, but it's the fourth and final installment of What's Wrong With You Today? Uh, This Reverend Dr. Hugo... Ugh. Holmes now, Sonic Blast of Wisdom, as read by me or my underlings, is coming right up. So, alright, you know the drill. Buckle in your seats, kids. Strap on those helmets, because your soul is about to be violated and improved. Welcome to RDHH Sonic Blast of Wisdom Superior Podcast. Hey, me again, T. Valpone, back with the next chapter of What's Wrong With You, an introduction to What's Wrong With You. Um, 
We already did the first three chapters, so we're here at the fourth and final chapter, which is entitled Helpful Quizzes, and I kind of already doubt that. Okay, here we go. Quizzes are fine and useful ways to illuminate various concepts and highlight certain processes so that you may come to understand yourself a little better. You may find that this happens to you while engaging with these quizzes. You may find something different happens to you. This is fine by me, as long as something happens to you. So now we're on to our first quiz. It's called, uh, What is Your Spirit Animal? Oh, great. This is not so much a quiz as it is a quest. Do not worry. I'm well aware that you are not a Percival, but you could still... Oh, I see. He spelled Percival like the knight from Arthur's table that got to see the Holy Grail. He broke it up into... Um, anyway, gag's not worth it. Anyway, you can embark on a quest that is in quiz form. That's convenient. The shamans of the jungle believe that every flesh person has a spirit animal whose job it is to teach lessons and impart wisdom to their flesh person. The process of discovering and learning about your spirit animal was once a complicated affair which involved fasting alone in the wilderness for weeks. Thanks to the wonderful world that we now live in, the process has been reduced to a quiz. That's good. Okay. So, it's multiple choice. Um, what do you think your spirit animal is? Um, a. A bird. B. An elephant. C. An orange kitten. Or D. An octopus. I'm going to go with octopus. What do you want your spirit animal to be? A. A wolf. B. A dragon. C. A dolphin. Or D. Wolf. And in parentheses, a different kind. Let's see where he's going. Do you prefer to eat things or to be eaten by them? A. I prefer to eat things. Or B. I prefer to be eaten by things. And question number number four. Do you wish you could A. Fly B. Swim C. Live a life free of the things that are wrong with you Or D. Afford that operation Okay, and then there's a picture of Hugo and the caption says I am not a wolf I am a man and Then here we go This is the score of the quiz Your spirit animal is a wolf Just like you thought It might not even be a wolf But you will insist on it being a wolf Just as everyone else always does There are many spirit animal options you know It's not just all wolves out there Give that some thought that's the first piece of good advice that's been in this book. Okay, the second quiz is called, uh, What Shape Is Your Soul? It is common knowledge that every soul has a shape. This shape is either square, rectangle, an oval, or an octagon. Never a circle. The shape of your soul determines what shapes it is not. It is just as important to know what you are not as it is to know what you are. You already know what you are. You are what you eat. This quiz is true or false. 1. I often think about what is wrong with myself. And then, true or false. 2. 
I delight in looking gift horses in the mouth. Um, again, your choices are true or false. 3. The things that are wrong with me are everyone else's problem too. A. True. Or B. False. Just like the others. Number 4. Many people have told me that I resemble a stop sign. True or false. Okay, that's it for the quiz. This quiz will tell you one of two things. It will tell you whether or not your soul is octagonal shaped or if it is not. If you answer true to the last question, then your soul is stop sign shaped. If you do not answer that question correctly, then you must retake the quiz until you find out what shape your soul is in. Hint, 99.9% .9 of souls are octagonal. Alright, here's the next quiz. What shape is your soul in? The shape that your soul is in determines how comfortable it is with its shape. For example, an octagonally shaped soul is more uncomfortable when it is in a square shape. This should be obvious. It is, I guess it should. This quiz is false or true. I guess it's a little different. Number one, my soul feels okay. False or true. Number two, my soul feels cramped. False or true. My soul appears to be wearing an ill-fitting smock. False or true. My soul is confused by what it feels. False or true. And that's it for that one. If you answer true to question number one, then your soul is in good shape. The answers to the other question are of no consequence. And then there's another picture of Hugo. I know you must have quizzes, so I gave them to you, he says this time. Now this quiz is called, What is Your Love Style? There are many ways to love, and not all of them are correct. Many are harmful, some require special equipment. Knowing your love style is only useful if you are capable of love. No quiz can tell you that. You must learn that on the streets. For our purposes here, you are to consider yourself unlovable. There are too many things wrong with you, and you need to be concerned with fixing them, not making them worse. Soon, there will be time for you to love if that is something that you are interested in. But for now, just take the above quizzes. And uh, I'm just going to read the conclusion so we can get this over with. So the conclusion is another picture of Hugo. And it says, I have finished with you for now, but it is not over for us. Well, we'll see. You cannot be outright congratulated for being the sort of person that has many things wrong with them. We have covered why several times already, and I am becoming tired of reminding you. You should be congratulated for reading this book until the very end. This shows that there may be help for you, even though there most likely isn't. You can fix most of the things that are wrong with you, but you probably won't, at least not for a while anyway. You are off to a good start, and that is something. The next step in your journey involves spending many hours thinking about how you behave and seeing how your behavior is influenced by your faulty soul components. Do not purchase any further books or look elsewhere for inner growth opportunities. You must commit to a single path and be dedicated to it. Your path is now marked. There is no turning back. And then there's some end matter here I guess we should go through. Um, it's called more. You must have more. Let's see, let me just read it ahead and see if it's... It's just how to get in touch with them. And then it's bio. I'm not reading that. 
then there's a section for notes. Okay, um, I guess next month we start reading his other book, um, Conquer Your Dreams, How to Conquer Your Dreams and Accomplish Your Goals Instead. Um, that's it, I'm out of here. I'm going to go cry. Are you concerned about your future? Do you think you don't know enough about plants? Are you afraid to go out of your house? Do you have a solid internet connection? Because if you do, you could enroll at the online institute of ethnobotany.com. Our extensive eight-year training course will leave you holding a certificate of ethnobotany. Useful online education. Don't delay. Go to www dot the online institute of ethnobotany.com now and enroll remember the online institute of ethnobotany.com we do it online we do it online <laughs>